That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can leave us a voicemail there. You can send us a message to the contact form. If you're looking to be a guest on the show, there's also a guest inquiry tab. Is it inquiry, 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 something like that. Yeah, it's good to be here today. I'm glad you're here as well. If this is your first time, welcome. Hopefully you're here to uh, either stay sober or you're looking to maybe cut back on grandpa's old cough syrup, huh? Staying sober. You're tired of them hangovers. Tired of feeling like dog shit. Yeah, it's no fun. It'll creep up on you too. Crep up on me. I struggled with it for about 17 years. Finally cut the shit out. It's back and forth from weed to booze to all kinds of other substances at any given point. It's kind of like a buffet. What do you got there? Never never messed with the hair on. The hair on. Uh except in some pill format, I guess you could go. You could you could maybe argue that point, the opiates. Uh, there in that format of pills, but for the most part, man, the alcohol was always the main focus. That was the foundation uh, that built the rest of um, substances around throughout my little 17-year run. So it's great to be sober today. I got, let's see, seven and a half years Somewhere around there. And uh, man, for those who are just new, you know, uh, maybe you never listened to the show before, literally started this podcast uh, about six months out of uh, treatment as a way to help myself stay sober, accountability, and maybe help some other people out there. So that's what we continue to do. That's why it says we help people stay sober. That's really my intention. That is what I'm driven to do is talk to people, get to uh, understand what people struggle with in relation to my own struggles because they all relate to each other. That's the craziest thing, right? Like we're in such a divided uh, time right now, I think between all kinds of different things. But when you look at the recovery community, we have so many different people from all different backgrounds and we all share this one thing in common and uh, it's the struggle with substances, uh, you know, struggle with mental health. And when we come together and we're part of a community and we can actually relate to each other and talk about it, that is where the real healing comes in. And the, you know, you, you really find your true self in that, at least in my experience, that's, that's how it's been. Uh, and so speaking of that, to mention community a little bit, um, I'm back on Instagram, okay? It's at that sober guy podcast. So if you want to give it a follow, it's going to be strictly sobriety, sober guy podcast, and some fun stuff on there. I got away a little bit last year with uh, wrapped up in things that were going on that uh, wasn't in my best interest, but I really did learn a lot from it. And uh, I, I had to kind of make that decision. Like there's some things that I don't like about that platform. Um, you know, and also there is an opportunity to reach a lot of people who are struggling out there. And when I kind of weighed both of them and went back and forth, I decided uh, that uh, that 
more importantly to me is to help people. And so that's really, you know, what the intention is there. So please go over there. I literally, I had like three, I don't know, a few thousand people that followed on there before that were connected and staying sober and, and just talking to and stuff. And um, so I'm having to start from scratch. So if you're on Instagram, please give us a follow on there at that sober guy podcast. Um, the other community that I really, really want you guys to, to check out and join is locals. Now this is more particular to growing a community of like-minded sober people together. And uh, that's actually what we're talking about today in this episode topic, nine problems you might face when trying to stay sober and the nine solutions that might help. This came from our locals group. Um, and uh, we're going to get to that in just a couple minutes, but I, I basically asked like, what are some of the things that you guys are struggling with? Uh, and I had a feeling that I would relate to all of them and which I did. And uh, that's kind of how it goes. We're all, we're all kind of uh, in this in this experience together and we can relate in this recovery thing and that's what makes it powerful when we uh, get together and do that but the locals community is great because it's growing uh, it's going to help us stay accountable and then at the same time we get to we get to talk some uh, things through we get to ask questions and we get to have some fun at the same time so um, it's kind of like Instagram meets Patreon. So if you want to help support that Sober Guy podcast, uh, that's a great way to do it on the locals um, page or community. And um, you can do that. I'd love to have you join right now. Download the locals app or you can go to that soberguypodcast.locals.com. And uh, both of those links are in the show notes as well, as well as uh, also that soberguy.com. Grab some hoodies, some hats. Uh, and last but not least, are you struggling in the first 90 days of sobriety? You can grab how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety digital podcast course. I got together with some doctors, some of my friends um, and fellow podcasters who have struggled in their own right with us trying to stay sober. Uh, and we talked about it. What did, what did they do? What did you do? What did, what have you seen as a doctor in the first 90 days? What are some of the things that, um, that help people actually pull through and actually make 90 days and then go on to live, um, you know, great lives, uh, free from alcohol, free from drugs. We put all that in there. It's got, I think 11 or 12 different chapters of the course and then a bunch of extra podcast stuff. So if you're interested in that, go to that soberguy.com and uh, click on the courses tab. You can find it there as well. All right. So nine problems you might face when trying to stay sober and the nine solutions that might help. Um, great, great uh, responses. Appreciate your guys' engagement on locals and chiming in and talking a little bit about this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm always curious on what other people are going through. And I know when we're opening up and talking about these things, there's someone who tuned in today that like is is just starting out or they're just starting to kind of figure something out in their brain that something's not right. And hopefully something we say today from you guys sharing uh, and and kind of going over some of this stuff speaks to somebody and helps them. That's, that's what it's about at the end of the day. Um, so I just want to say thank you for your guys' uh, contribution, for sharing, for opening up a little bit on Locals Platform. Good stuff. want to give a shout out to Chris uh, who shared um, about the relationship between keeping his bike tuned up 
and keeping his recovery tuned up as well. I thought that was a really, really good uh, analogy as well. Basically, what he said was he just got done listening to the golf. Um, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago about the difference or the similarities, more or less, between golf and sobriety. And so if you want to go back, you can catch that. Um, let's see, what episode is it? Uh, 359, right after Rich Beto. And make sure you check out the interview with Rich Beto, man. He's such a good dude. Uh, former drummer of Finger 11, that's 358. And he had some awesome things to say and some some great things to share on there as well. Um, but what do golf uh, and staying sober have in common? And that's, uh, once again, 359. That's what Chris was uh, mentioning on there. And he just went on to talk about how um, you know, he rides in a busy city. I'm, a, I'm thinking it's in New York area and my apologies if I'm wrong on that. I thought I picked that up somewhere. Um, but it's busy. It's crazy. There's a, he says there's a gazillion potential pitfalls and accidents that are waiting to happen when you're riding in a big city that's busy like that. Um, and basically what he was saying is he regularly hard thing to say when you're trying to think about it. Um, but he has to, tear down the bike, tighten all the components, um, you know, check everything, clean the chain, clean the spokes, clean the brakes, uh, make sure there's air in the, uh, in the tires, make sure the bike is just locked. He said even straight up locked up tight. And he gave it a name too, Rosie. I love it. The bike's name's Rosie. So cleaning up old Rosie, making sure that she's just primed and ready to ride. And what that does is it eliminates um, well, I, I don't want to say eliminates, but it far decreases the possibility um, that there is going to be uh, an accident. It far decreases in recovery the possibility that there's going to be a relapse when we're staying focused and we're checking in and we're um, in community and we're engaging. Like, just, like it's a big step just to when I put on there, hey, what are the two, you know, a couple of things that you're struggling with? It's a, it is a big step to step out and actually share what that is 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 you know as funny as that might seem sometimes those are the types of things and then of course you know meetings and we have nine solutions that we're going to go over at the end of that too um once we get once we get down to the uh you know to the bottom of some of these questions but that's really what it's about so um let's let's kind of dive right into this i just wanted to give a shout out to chris thanks for that man that was a good uh Good, good little uh, analogy there. And also real quick too, we've had a lot of new people joining on Locals, which has freaking been great. I love it. Um, so just want to give a shout out to anybody who's listening. If you haven't in introduced yourself or if you're just on there and you're just kind of scrolling, checking it out, it's all good. Um, but I just want you guys all to know that like I'm super, it makes me happy to see that people are joining in and talking and conversating. And, uh, I just want to encourage you guys to keep it up and, uh, drop some comments in there, share some videos, some thoughts, um, because that's, uh, that's, that's really what it's all about. And that's what it's there for. Um, okay. So this first one, um, so let me go back to the question real quick. Locals question. This was what I posted in there, uh, earlier what are the top two or three problems you face in trying to stay sober? Okay. So, and, and this came out to about nine of them. So we're going to go over those nine and then we'll go over the nine solutions and then we'll wrap up today. Uh, actually, you know what I need to do? I just realized shit. I just realized my Mac is not plugged in. So give me one sec here. computer to die halfway halfway through okay that's better that's better tech issues all right 
Oh, let's see here. I got some interesting emails. Okay, getting sidetracked like a like a cat right now. All kinds of things going on, noises, everything. All right. This first one This first one comes from Jamie. It's either Jamie or Jaime. So my apologies, man, if which which one. And you can just shoot me a message or a comment on on locals if I mess it up or just say, "Hey, by the way, it's Jamie or it's Jaime." That'd be awesome. Um, it's, uh, let's see. So a couple ones, couple ones here, acceptance with having a problem, acceptance with having a problem. That'd be number one here. So what are the top two or three problems? And acceptance is a huge one. Um, let's just take it back to the beginning of, of us accepting that we actually had an issue with alcohol. That is a huge, uh, feat in itself, a huge, hurdle in itself. Uh, We fight it for so long. Many of us are fighters. I know I'm a fighter. I want to fight shit. I want to stand up. I want to resist. It's just who I am, man. It's in my nature. I like that about myself. Um, It's also a blessing and a curse at the same time because sometimes there's things I need to see and accept that I just can't. I still struggle with that. I still struggle. As I sit here right now in this moment, There are many things right now that I struggle accepting and I'm working on them. I really am. I'm working on what my experience is, what's in front of me, not worrying so much about the outside influences, which is really a lot of the things that I got caught up in last year, which led to me being angry and deleting all my social media and taking a break for a while. I mean, hey, you got to live a little bit and go through stuff sometimes through some some dark places in order to come out and see the light on the other side. And that's kind of what that was. That's what it is when we're trying to accept the fact that we have an issue with alcohol. Um, so acceptance is is a big problem. Um, you know, acceptance is in the, the, the first step, you know, I'm powerless. There's acceptance in that, you know, and I wanted to read, um, from, uh, page 417 of the big book here. I, I, um, blocked this out because I think it's, uh, it's amazing. Of course it is. Many of you who know it would think the same too. If you have a, a book, uh, you know, look it up 417, but it says acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I'm disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be in this moment. Let me stop right there. There's still another half a paragraph, but I can find, I want to reread that real quick. I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. So that right there is is a difficult thing to do because back to the fighter thing, we want to fight. We want to stand up. If we see injustice, if uh, if we don't think we have a problem with alcohol or with you know whatever, a relationship, whatever it is, we want to be heard. We want to you know, share our opinion. It's much more difficult to sit back and accept things that that's just the way it's supposed to be. That's just what happened. That's just the way it is. How do you, my whole family is like inside right now, like yelling and it's distracting me. Okay, here's a perfect example of that. I need to accept that right now in this moment, 
it's exactly supposed to be yelling and being loud in the background. Should I yell at him? Should I scare him? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I literally did think about it for a second. Hey, cut it out. Shut up. No, I would never. What a jerk. <laughs> but like, okay. That, I mean, seriously, in this moment right now, that really is a good example of like accepting the fact we're in a kind of a weird space right now. We're getting ready to, um, to move. We have the house is damn near empty. I got a, a makeshift studio kind of set up right now. And, uh, it's, it's kind of loud around here. So instead of getting mad at the fact that there's noise in the background, it, it is distracting me. I am trying to do my prestigious podcast and I am being distracted right now. No, fuck that. Just got to accept that's the way it is and roll with it. It's so much easier. See, even as I speak this out and talk it out right now, it's way, way easier. Doesn't mean that it still doesn't bug me though. <laughs> God, see, it's so fucking frustrating. Ah, it's so funny. But like, I always go back to Seth too. He's like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, is it really that big of a deal? You know, and those are the types of things we can ask when we're talking about acceptance. Like, is it really... You know, okay, Shane, is it really that big of a deal that there's, you know, you can, it's something distracting you. You might be able to hear a quick thing in the background. It, to me, it's like, I'm a perfectionist. I need silence. I need to be my way. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. All right, let me go to the next thing right here before I ramble my ass off any longer. Nothing. This is the second part of this. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my struggles with alcohol, I could not stay sober unless I accept life completely on life's terms. I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world. Ding, ding, ding. It's a light bulb for me. Hopefully for some of you as well who struggle with that. I need to not I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. So at the end of the day, nobody can make me feel a certain way. Nobody can make me feel fearful or whatever it is I'm feeling, angry, sad, even happy. At the end of the day, it's me and my attitudes that that really uh, I have full control over. That's That's all I have control over. So with that, you know, comes acceptance. And I think that is, uh, is it something that's perfect? No, it's really fucking hard to be honest, but you know, Hey, we do our best. We try to make progress and not perfection. So next time, let's say next time you're sitting in traffic, you know, and, um, next time you're sitting in traffic and you're just pissed off, you know, or maybe you're in the grocery store or something, or maybe you're just driving in town, or maybe you're sitting on your your freaking couch, you know. Maybe you're on, whatever you're doing, but something's bugging you. I like the traffic one, right? It, God, I used to sit in that shit forever, and it was frustrating. I know, and I sat in it in a, a little Chevy S10 that was a single cab stick shift that the AC didn't work. Oh, poor you! Your 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 air conditioning didn't work. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me, dude? These first world problems, right? But it didn't, okay? And it was hot as shit in like August and I was commuting about four hours total, about two hours each way every day. 
and hella traffic too on Highway 37 coming back from Santa Rosa, like through Vallejo. Anyone who's local to the area in NorCal knows what I'm talking about. That shit sucks. And that's, I, I would sit there and I would have to find ways to accept that I was sitting in traffic because it ate my lunch every day at first. I was getting pissed off, you know, punching the steering wheel, cursing, just ang- you get home, you're angry. Like that's, I can't do any, I don't have a fucking helicopter car. That'd be great if I did, I'd fly over all of it, right? But I don't, like I have to accept the fact that I'm in traffic. It's just, it is what, there's nothing I can do about it. I had a job to go to, I had a family to support. Like I had to sit and practice. So what did I do? I learned to accept it, number one, but then I also learned, that's how I got into podcasting. That's literally how I started that Sober Guy podcast was because while I was doing that, while I was in that, um, you know, that, that traffic in that situation, um, that is how I was growing, um, getting ideas, listening, being really feeling inspired. That was really what it was. Um, I think actually, I think I had, I had either launched it or just started it shortly before that. Um, yeah, I think, I think if that's right, it was right in between there, but it was really in the, it was really in the, in the heat of that, you know, this, this crazy idea to, to start a podcast. Cause nobody was doing podcasting when I started sober guy. And I don't mean, I don't want to make this like an ego thing either. So I'm aware of that, but it does make me proud. And I'm okay with saying that, that like really Dr. Drew and I think Anna David, I think they were the only two that I had found at the time. And I saw a need for that because I actually went and looked like, man, I would love to hear some sober podcasts. What I thought was got to be a bunch of them. There was none. There was none. There was like, there was like two that I at least found maybe three. I don't know. Maybe there's ones I don't know about, but there wasn't a lot like there is now. And so I I felt motivated. I felt inspired to create something for that. And I did that accepting the fact I did a lot of that thinking and note-taking and um, listening and learning about how to set things up. And um, you know, Pat Flynn, I was listening to an entrepreneur on fire and I was listening to Dr. Drew and Trip Lanier, the new man. I had just found these things to occupy my my mind and my time when I was having to accept the fact of sitting in traffic. So I know I, I went a little bit longer than I wanted to on acceptance, but that's such a huge that's such a huge part. And I didn't even scratch the surface of it. So I'm gonna move on. But I hope I hope that at least something spoke to you in accepting the fact that things just sometimes they just are the way they are. And we have to learn to sit in that or we're gonna drive ourselves fucking crazy which I do still. <laughs> um, also, uh, also he says embracing the good instead of dwelling on the bad, embracing the good instead of dwelling on the bad. Um, you know, and that's a really good point, man. Like sometimes I have to allow myself to be happy. Like I got to give myself permission to be happy and look at the good things. Like I need that reminder. Like I literally tell myself that sometimes Shane, Hey, it's okay to be happy. Like you're good. Like you can, you can accept and look at things that are good accomplishments you've made the way that you're so grateful to have um, a much better life today than the path you were going down seven and a half years ago. Like even the little things like the little wins, like, you know, a year sober, five years sober, seven years sober, like those chips, those wins celebrating those are super important. You know, I was always so conditioned to cope and to deal with stress and anxiety and negative thoughts and financial worry, I became accustomed to it. Like it was odd and it still, it still probably is a little bit. It's odd to 
allow myself a hundred percent to feel happy because I'm, I've always been conditioned to think about, you know, that something's going to go bad or, you know, I mean, shit, I, I, I looked in my rearview mirror for, you know, 10, 15 years of my life because I drove with no license and no insurance and my car was a piece of shit. And like, I just didn't, I didn't make good decisions back then. I know that's kind of material esque, but it wasn't about the car being a piece of shit. It was just about more my attitude on things and being in this negative pocket of being not fucking winning at shit. You know, I like to win. I want to win. I'm a winner like that. You can say that too. Say it out loud to yourself. I'm a fucking winner. Doesn't that feel good? Like I'm a winner. Like it's okay. I don't need to focus on the shitty stuff or my past mistakes or the things that I did. Like those things, yeah, maybe they happen. Maybe you're not proud of them. Maybe there's some work that needs to be done in those, some amends and you know, we need to move on, but it doesn't define us on the, on the mistakes and the things that the bad things that we've done or the situations that we're in. We have room to grow. We have room to heal. We have room to serve others and, and move on from that stuff. And in order to do that, sometimes we got to celebrate those wins. We need to, we need to acknowledge the good. We need to allow ourselves to be happy. So Jamie, Jaime, not sure which one it is. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Jamie. I'm not positive on that, but thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thanks for leaving those. Um, those are two really, really good, uh, points right there. Um, this next one comes from Theron and uh, big shout out to Theron. He's always posting in locals, man, and always, um, you know, staying accountable, helping others stay accountable. So just want to tell him thank you. I appreciate that. And I like reading um, some of the things that that he uh, that he posts in there. Um, so this is a big one. Fear of relapse, man. That's uh, that's a big one. Fear of relapse. I know I have that. I have. A lot of thoughts around, um, well, man, I think I was telling Jess about this the other day. Like, what if something happens? Like, I'm super scared that, um, you know, there's a death or a sickness or just something sudden that happens. And like, my biggest fear is like, I won't be able to handle it, you know? And that's just fear, right? It's fear. It's fear of things I can't control. Um, fear of relapse, fear of the what ifs, fear of this, fear of that. Fear is a control mechanism. And uh, if you keep people in fear, if you keep yourself in fear, uh, you know, you can control people very easy. Just look at what's going on around us in the world today. The world is full of fear and uh, it's blasted all over the television, all over social media pages, all over the computer, all over billboards, all over everywhere. It's fear, 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 fear. I actually think we have a fear pandemic, um, you know, uh, just as much as any other pandemic that's out there. Um, but Side point, fear will destroy you. Uh, it, it, it really will. And it's, uh, it's, it's a tough thing to deal with. I, and I'm, let me uh, be very clear about this. Fear is normal. It's a normal thing to feel fear. It's just a matter of how do we, how do we process that fear? Like, how do I deal with that fear? Because I've had some fear lately. I got a lot of fear of what ifs. We're going into a situation right now that's completely unknown. You know, we're, we're, we sold our house. We're moving out. Um, we are, we don't, we don't necessarily, uh, have, um, we don't necessarily know exactly where we're going to end up right now. We got a place to go. No doubt. We're going to go have some fun. Actually. I'm super stoked about it, but you know, so is the rest of the family. But at the same time, there is always fear there. The what ifs, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know? Um, and it can be a tough, tough thing, uh, to, to, to deal with just in general. But then if you add in the relapse part of it, 
like wow and so i pulled up some of the um some some literature from some of the books i just wanted to go over a couple of those so relapse uh, in some instances there's been a brief recovery followed by a worse relapse we've seen that many times um you know you uh you get some time sober and then you think you got it and then boom you relapse and it's 10 times worse um, another one, for example, we may set our hearts on getting a particular person sobered up, and after doing all we can for months, we see him relapse. That is frustrating. That's why we say we're, it's not my responsibility uh, you know, to uh, get anyone sober, to keep anyone sober. I'm not responsible for anybody else but myself and my own actions. And that goes for everything, everything on that. Um, another one, relapse at all has... Uh, as has been true, though it's definitely better to have no relapse at all. As has been true with many of our people, it's by no means a bad thing in some cases. Well, I think what that means is like sometimes people need to relapse in order to get to the full extent of recovery and really get sober to understand that there really is an issue. So that's a tough one, but I get it. In most cases, the alcoholic survived the ordeal without relapse, but not always. Uh, so there's a, there's a few of these in there. A lot of these are from some of the books. I'll just leave it general at that just to, just to do that. Um, <clears throat> there was one more. Where'd it go? I wanted to read the last one. Uh, okay, here it was. So relapse periodically until they really clean house. Some people are unable to stay sober at all. Others will relapse periodically until they really clean house. And the reason I wanted to to, uh, to point this one out is because the last, the last part of that, until they really clean house. When we talk about uh, fear, when we talk about acceptance, we talk about all the stuff we've already kind of talked about. It, you know, it involves some of uh, some of the cleaning house process, but really diving in and and cleaning house. Um, so, what does that mean? Well, it means like I've talked about before. I didn't just drink because like I like the taste of alcohol. I drank because. I didn't know how to deal with life on life's terms. I didn't know how to deal with shit from my past. I never cleaned house in my past. I never looked at stuff. I just fucking buried it down and just acted like it didn't exist, acted like it didn't affect me, acted like I was fine. I got this. You know, you can't do that over 10, 20, 30 years. It doesn't work. It, it, it destroys your insides. You know, it destroyed my insides. I, I never dealt with stuff and so this process which i continue to still work you know is just constantly house cleaning it's constantly um you know making a mistake and, and then going back and trying to trying to you know um figure out why you made that mistake and then clean up that if you made a mess clean it up and you know going over those things that's what helps to keep us sober is putting that work in you know, and, and when we go over some of the solutions, we'll, we'll touch on this again because there's a couple of them in here that, uh, that you know, that really relate to this one. Um, so good stuff, fear of relapse. Don't let the fear get you, um, you know, and, and always talk about it if you're feeling fear. Reach out to someone. Any of this stuff, reach out to someone if you're struggling. The other one Theron said is anxiety and overthinking everything, man. That's a huge one. Um, a lot of people feel anxiety about stuff. We trip out, we future trip. Uh, he, he also said on here, just taking it one day at a time is all I can do. And I think that's great advice. It's kind of, kind of easy to say sometimes until you're, until you consciously think about it, but really that's all we can do. I'm going to take a quick drink. 
man, my voice and throat's getting a little <clears throat> scratchy there, but one day at a time, yes, it's, you know, it can be done and being in the moment, being conscious is, is something that, uh, that can help with that. If you're really, really struggling with anxiety and overthinking everything. And, you know, we talked a little bit, I'll reference back, uh, to the podcast with my brother-in-law, Gary, it's episode 357. We talked a little bit about that because I know he struggled with some anxiety and, uh, he actually is next on, on this list here. Um, and, had chimed in on that and we'll get to that one in just a minute. But I think there was something I said, or one of us said on there, it's like, you can't understand anxiety. You can't explain it unless like you have felt it, unless you know what it is. Like it's really hard for people who have never experienced it um, to talk about it. Now I've experienced like little bouts of anxiety here and there, but I've, I've never experienced it to the extent like my wife has, or like Gary has, or some other people I know have, um, where like, I mean, we're talking like panic attacks and like really, really serious stuff that, um, is, I imagine just like really hard to deal with. Um, and being in the moment in that, I think can help with some of that stuff you know, being in, taking it one day at a time can help with some of that stuff. Talking about it can help with some of that stuff. Um, you know, working on cleaning house, you know, can help with some of that stuff. And then obviously just cutting out alcohol too, that can help with anxiety just in general too. I mean, that you're constantly numbing yourself. That's, um, it's not a good thing on the daily. You're putting poison in your body. Um, the overthinking thing too, man, I do. I do that shit like over. I want to think about everything. I like to play chess. I like to, you know, look at every angle, every, and it just, sometimes it's a good trait I have. I like that trait too, you know, but it's, it can be annoying sometimes as well. So Theron, thank you, bro. Appreciate both of those fear of relapse and anxiety, overthinking everything. Um, we're going to move on. This next one's from Gary. Uh, Gary, thank you, bro, for, uh, for, drop in a little thought on there. And this is a good one too. This is, this is different than any of the other ones. And Gary's is, uh, Gary says selfishness, uh, considering loved ones needs and only trying to find the next drink. So I think what he was saying was kind of paraphrase there. Um, when we're in, when we're in the state of addiction of, you know, struggling with alcohol, we're constantly having to drink to maintain, it's such a selfish, they say that the alcoholism is a very selfish thing. We're constantly only concerned with how we're going to stay drunk or get drunk or not feel let loose, you know, whether we're happy, we're sad, no matter what, we're always in our minds thinking how we're going to get that next drink. That's just, at least for me, that's my experience. I know for Gary, that's his experience because he had written a little bit about it. And I know for many of us, it's like that. So how do we consider our loved ones needs when we're only trying to find the next drink? I mean, you don't really, you just don't. I think the point here though, is we, you know, we made those mistakes and, and most of the time we did it unconsciously. So it doesn't make it an, an excuse. It doesn't mean that we get to excuse the behavior. It means that we acknowledge it. We make amends for it. We apologize for it. We learn from it. And then we give ourselves grace in the fact that we're moving on trying to be better human beings, better fathers, better husbands, better friends, better sons, better daughters. You know, um, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to put that stuff behind us and be conscious in the moment. Um, and, uh, and not be selfish, trying to be serving, trying to give 
um, more, you know, trying to give more of our, our time, our thoughts, our, um, you know, ourselves, I guess that unselfish, um, you know, self. And it's, it's really, it's a, it's a hard thing to do too. Um, I still struggle with it. You know, I didn't see a lot of that growing up and that's not an excuse, you know, I, but there was not, if you don't, if you didn't have, um, you know, if you didn't have, I'm trying to figure out how I can not throw somebody under the bus right now <laughs> and say things so they make sense. But, um, sometimes you have to, sometimes if you don't have great role models to, uh, to look up to as a kid, you know, and, and that kind of show you some of these things you don't know, you know, you don't know that if you got a buddy, you know, it's a great thing to, uh, help, help your friend or to help a random stranger sometimes and not expect anything in, in return. You know, there, there's, there's selfishness aspects of human beings that we're just never going to get away from. I think the point is though, is being aware of them and being, more in the moment, being conscious of those things, letting go of the past ones and really trying to do what's right now, because we live in the now. That's the only reality that's real is right now. That's the only thing. Everything else is a myth. It's a, it's a thought. It's a, what you see on TV, what you see on social media, all that stuff is, is not ultimately really real. Only what's real is what's in front of me. You know, so so Gary went on to say, trying to find balance now and what I feel is important and what's important to my family can, can be tough. And I, I get that too. You know, we still want to be dudes. We still want to be, um, you know, we still want to do things that we enjoy to do, but how do I kind of, balance is a tough thing. I've heard people say, I don't have any balance. Like, and I, I kind of get that side of it too, especially when like, tell me to, to balance a, a bag of dope back in the day. Like there wasn't no balance in that. I was just pedal to the metal <laughs> or, you know, a, a case of beer, or a bottle of booze. Like I'm not really going to balance that thing and sh save it for later and just live this balanced bottle and drink it throughout the week. No, I'm just going to drink all of it right now. I'm just going to drink it all. You know, there's no balance there. So that, that is a tough thing. Uh, but I really do think in that service work, thinking of others, stepping out and helping someone with no expectations. Uh, it's, it's hard to do. I, I still struggle with it. I think we all struggle with it to some extent, but man, one huge step is just being aware of it. Uh, you know, and here's a quick example of that. Like I was talking to my sponsor buddy last week and I was telling him, you know, about this and that I was having some, some fear and man, did we make the right decision and all that kind of shit. And he's like, well, you know, why don't you stop focusing on the shit you're feeling? Cause you know, kind of what it is and just focus on helping the, your kids and your wife instead, you know, that'll, that'll help them. And it'll also take you out of your own head and it'll help you in the, in the long run. I said, yeah, damn, you're right. Funny how that happens. Right. I mean, you'd think I'd know that I don't. I mean, I, I, I know it, I know, I know of it, but I just didn't think that's why it's important to have a mentor or sponsor. And we'll get to the solutions to those in just a minute, but, um, good stuff, Gary. Thank you for chiming in on that, bro. Appreciate it. Um, let's get to the last one from Alex here, and then we're going to hit these solutions to these problems. Um, embracing. So Alex says, and Alex, thank you, brother, for writing. Alex is posting on there in locals. Um, also, and uh, contributing and sharing and stuff. And it's freaking awesome, man. Um, it says embracing the good parts of sobriety. So embracing the good parts of sobriety. I think we talked, I mean, we did talk a little bit about this, about celebrating your wins. I mentioned that, but 
Here's a couple of the good parts of sobriety that I came up with. No hangovers. So, you know, you get to celebrate your wins. You're clear-minded. Not looking over my shoulder. Like, the re- like man, I used to drive, like I mentioned, like all the time, like with shit in my car, you know, drugs, um, open containers, drinking, driving, um, no license, no insurance, um, all the stuff. And it, it was like really a, um, it was a, you just, you get used. I mean, (laughs) gotcha. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize. Don't apologize. It's a sign of weakness. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) It's like a, like a cat right now. Just totally scaredy cat just jumped. Oh goodness. Okay. Anyways, apologies. 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 Why do you keep apologizing, Shane? I don't know. Why do you? Why do you keep apologizing? Dude, you're crazy. The mind is crazy. Okay. Where the hell was I? Um, 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 oh, yeah. Looking over your shoulder, not rear view mirror. I used to drive like a piece of shit. I used to have this game we played. This is hilarious. Well, I think it's hilarious. It's fucking stupid at the same time. When I worked out in the Bay Area and did drywall for a living, uh, this dude, Bruce, and I, we used to ride... Uh, back and forth from uh, San Francisco back to Vacaville every day, and we would pit, we would play this game, and I would be driving my hoopty ass like '89 uh, Honda Accord. We called it Butter Rims because it had some ugly yellow ass rims on it. Just like I mean, it wasn't like a total piece of shit, but it was a piece of shit. <laughs> it was not something that I was proud to drive. I'll tell you that much. However. It did have good gas mileage and it got me from point A to point B. So did the job, got to work, right? But so we're driving home one day and uh, we decided to play this game, which went on to become a regular game. Um, but I do remember the first the first time we did it, we stopped at the, at the little liquor store on the way out of town from San Francisco, got a couple of Mickey's 40s, some, some hot and spicy pork rinds and a pack of cigarettes because we clearly care about our health. And... Uh, we hit the Golden Gate, or the Golden Gate, we hit the Bay Bridge, and as soon as we're like, we're sitting in a long ass on, uh, uh, I think it's Harrison Street that you turn you turn in left to get on the Bay Bridge, and we're sitting at the light there, and there's a lot of cars in front of us, and we're just talking, and I said, hey, why don't we, uh, let's see who can kill their, uh, their 41st uh, from the Bay Bridge to the end, and he's like, all right, so like, Basically, the game was what it turned into was as soon as you got on the on ramp, you had to you had to kill your forty before you got off of the Bay Bridge, and so by the time you were going down and you got off of it, you were just drunk like really quick. I don't even know why. Why am I telling the story right now? I have no idea. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Eating pork rinds and like pounding Mickey's forties on the Bay Bridge, like driving home. That's pretty smart. Here's my point to this. My you know like it, the point is is there are great parts about sobriety. And one of the great parts is I don't do stupid shit like that anymore. Thank God could have killed myself. Could have killed Bruce. Could have killed someone else driving. Could be in prison right now. Like those are the dumb, dumb things that, that we do, but there's so many good things that are, you know, great about sobriety, embracing, um, being a good father today, embracing the good parts of sobriety, which gets to be a a good husband today, like a good friend and, and not, not perfect in any of them, but man, just, just conscious, just better than I was turning into. And that was not fun. A um, couple of other things uh, that Alex says, future tripping and worry. We talked a little bit about that with anxiety. Um, you know, future tripping's the enemy. 
there's nothing you're going to do about the future. We can't control it. We just got to be in the moment. How many times have I said that in this podcast? It feels like a lot, but that's really what I've been focusing on this last couple of weeks. And it's been this, it's kind of almost been like an enlightening experience, to be honest, like stepping out and I've been seeing some things in different, in a different light. And I think it's because we're making some big changes in our lives, which forces you to get uncomfortable and it makes you grow. But you know, future tripping, like I, there's nothing I can do about the future. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a fucking DeLorean from back to the future. Like I don't have a time machine. You know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I do know, and not to be morbid, but I want to be truthful here. And I think it's important that we acknowledge this on a daily basis, even though it's tough to do for a lot of people because they want to live in denial. But one day you're going to fucking die. And one day I'm going to fucking die. So, oh, Jess is yelling at cash. (laughs) As I'm talking about dying, cash is getting in trouble. It's tough homeschool, dude. Homeschool is freaking, you know, mad respect to my lady, the Jess, for just putting it down because she's got to deal with some shit sometimes, you know. Good Lord. But, yeah, you know, you're going to die one day. <laughs> How about that? What an ass. What the fuck? What the hell is this guy? He's just sitting on here telling me I'm going to die. Fuck this guy. <laughs> but look, here's my point to this, okay? Here's the point is if you if you knew oh my goodness if you knew that you were going to today was your last day like how would you live your life would you future trip and fucking worry and anxiety probably not you'd live it like you wanted to do everything you wanted to do and so i came to this conclusion like well what if we could live every day like that we should be living every day like that and that means being in the moment being the reality that's right in front of us and um you know, not future tripping, not worrying, you know, at least trying our best not to. It's, it's inevitable that it's going to happen sometimes. The mind is a powerful thing. Can anybody hear that? <laughs> it's probably more annoying that I keep calling it out and pointing it out. I, it's just so fucking annoying on my end. <laughs> Do you see how like, that's what's so crazy about this is like, you, you know, I try to practice this stuff and it just doesn't, it, there's, there's no being, there's no being perfect at it is what I'm trying to say. So I don't ever claim to be, I don't ever want to be, that's not that you don't grow like that, you know, and it's, I don't know, but future tripping, man, look at your feet. That's the other one. That's the other one I wanted to say. Seth told me that a long time ago. If you're future tripping on something, look at your feet, you're right where you're supposed to be. Um, a couple of the other ones real quick, and then we, we got to wrap up. I'm behind right now. I, I, I went a little longer than expected on this, but watching what I eat, uh, Alex uh, says it's in, and I just want to point out, it's a huge struggle of mine as well. I've talked about it many times on the podcast. Um, it's almost like a self-destructive tactic where I can destroy myself by eating a bunch of shit. Give me some cupcakes. Yeah, some pizza. Fuck yeah. So good. And then afterwards, you're like, Ugh, I shouldn't have ate that. I feel terrible about myself, you fat loser. <laughs> Hold on. Man. For real, though. Not watching what I eat. I mean, you can eat stuff. Just don't go overboard on it. That's kind of what I'm learning lately. Got to be on a routine, though. And then the other one. Uh, Alex mentions working out and exercising. 
Here's the thing with that. I was talking to a buddy of mine, Chris, um, down in SoCal today. So shout out to him. But I was talking about, we were talking a little bit about walking. He mentioned he went on a good walk today. I was telling him like, man, I do a lot of walking, bike riding, jogging. Um, I don't always get to get in like a full CrossFit style workout all the time. Especially in the last two weeks, I've kind of had to put it on hold while we're going through a lot of these move and change and all that stuff plan on getting back to it no doubt but like in the meantime even just making sure i'm staying busy up early walking you know i walk at least probably almost every day if not um sometimes a a walk and maybe a bike ride or something you know or maybe one or the other but at least the point is you got to do something you got to move you got to just stay um stay active it doesn't have to be some some huge you know, hour, two hour long workout. It could be a 30 minute workout. It could be a walk, a bike ride. Just do something because it helps the mind stay clear, just like Alex says, and it helps to make you feel good. So working out, exercise, staying active, um, you know, huge things that, uh, you know, that could be a problem if you're not, uh, if you're not watching for it. So all these things, nine problems here. What are the nine solutions? And I'm going to work through these, um, you know, quickly here and we're going to wrap up, but some of the solutions to these problems are in the show notes. They're on that sober guy.com. Uh, so you can check both of those out there, but number one solutions to nine problems you might face when trying to stay sober. Number one, sponsor, mentor, coach, accountability partner, whatever label you want to put on it, get somebody to hold you accountable to, um, to talk to, to bounce ideas off, to call you on your bullshit. Uh, you need somebody to do that. It's huge and uh, it's gonna elevate your game, your sober game. It's gonna elevate your life. It's gonna elevate just in, in general um, everything that is you know going on. Um, number two, everything, everything that is going on. That didn't make any sense, did it? I'm struggling right now, as you can see, because, so I'm, okay, so I'm learning something throughout this whole podcast is that I'm distracted really easy. And I remember my old boss, Marlene, telling me that. She she would tell me that she would be talking to me and my eyes would be moving around watching her hands like a cat. Like she talked with her hands a lot and, and then she would be telling me something and I'd be watching her hands and then she'd say, did you hear what I said? And I'd say, nope, because <laughs> I'd be distracted. The stuff going on in the background right now is distracting me. And so my apologies, once again, don't apologize. It's a sign of weakness. If it's a little off today, I don't know. Number two, meditation and prayer. Sober meditation zap. Let me say that again. Sober meditation zap. That's an app that my sponsor buddy put together. It's a great tool, a great resource, but meditation and prayer is so huge. Um, you know, I, you know, what was cool is when Gary did the podcast over here, Somehow we got on Refuge Recovery and Noah and Against the Stream, and I gave him, I had two copies of Against the Stream, one of them that Jess gave to me right when I got out of treatment, and uh, another one I picked up along the way, and so I gave him one, and I was like, oh yeah, dude, you got to check it out. We were already talking about it, and I said, you know what, I'm going to pick that up too, and so I've actually, from uh, Gary uh, started to read it. And so, man, I started reading that again. I actually inspired me to pick it up again and I've been reading it again. And the, just the whole story of Sid is freaking interesting as shit. And, you know, Sid later became Buddha. Um, but the, the whole exercise practice of meditation of prayer is amazing. And I'm very, um, novice in it, but just 
really feeling lately like um, diving into that more. So meditation, prayer, huge sober meditations app as well. You can check that out. Number three, exercise. We talked about that. Being flexible, just move. It doesn't have to be perfect. Find something to do. Walk, jog, um, just some sort of exercise. Number four, community. Um, where's your community at? Where's your people's? What do you do? Are you on um, locals? Hey, it's a great place to start. You know, go to the lo- the sober guy locals community and start there. Get plugged in. Uh, there's also churches, meetings, um, all kinds of things you can do uh, to stay plugged in in community. Uh, number five meetings. Uh, I got the fourth dimensioners meeting. If you're looking for an online meeting, those, those are in the show notes, uh, 6 PM Pacific every night. And, uh, Saturdays, there's a speaker, all kinds of good folks in there. I send a lot of people over there and jump in occasionally myself. And, uh, it's a great place to get started. Or maybe there's some local ones. I just found out there's a local 6 30 AM meeting here that I hit up last week. That was great in person again, freaking amazing. Um, so get to a meeting if you can, if that's something that you're looking for, um, you know, you can dive in, start with the fourth dimensioners, uh, number six podcasts, how many different podcasts are out there? I mentioned that earlier that there's a ton of them. Now you got all kinds of different ones. Um, you can go on and search up literally anything right now in the mental health space, fitness, uh, health and wellness, sobriety. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, it's really what inspired me to launch this podcast was other podcasts. Maybe you're you know, going to find something that inspires you, not necessarily to start a podcast, but to do something else that's out of your comfort zone that will help you grow. Um, so check out different podcasts. Number seven, Transitions Daily, another tool, uh, another solution that might help uh, with, some, with some of these problems that we talked about. Um, that's the daily AA email. Hey, do you guys want to be any uh, louder in there, by the way? Hey. Oh, I know. You're doing great. Love you guys. <laughs> Freaking comedy. Oh, man. Uh, Transitions Daily is a daily. This is the real deal. I mean, it's just, it's, it is what it is, right? It's Transitions Daily is the daily AA email. You can get it right to your inbox every day. One of my favorite ways to start the day. Um, that link is in the show notes as well. Dailyaaemails.com. Another great tool to kind of stay plugged in. Um, what else do we got here? Two more. Uh, number eight, how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety. Talked about that in the beginning. It's a course that I put together. Uh, it'll, it's got some doctors, some other podcasters, people in recovery, where we actually talk about, share some of my story. What did we do the first 90 days? If you're early on, um, it's it's something that has helped uh, a lot of people. And uh, there's some great resources and, and shares and all kinds of stuff in there as well, too. So you can check that out at thatsoberguy.com. Number nine, be present. Be present. That's it. Um, I, I think that that is one of the things that I've been focused on a lot in this last week or two is being present, being in the moment. And it really has... Um, you know, it's a practice. It's not easy, but it has begun to kind of set in and I'm reminded of it more. I'm noticing daily, like not, it takes away from some of the anxiety, the future trip and the stuff that we talked about earlier and reminding myself to be present, to be in the moment. So I got to get off this thing before I go crazy with all the uh, chaos in the background. I hope you guys heard something today that spoke to you i appreciate you guys share the podcast with a friend thank you thank you to everybody uh for chiming in for dropping comments to help make this podcast
podcast possible today. Lots of good stuff that I relate to. I hope you all relate to it too. Share the podcast with a friend. Check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.